and welcome to You Haven't Seen. I'm Debbie. And I'm Ashley. This is a podcast where we watch movies that everyone has seen but us, and then we talk about them. And today, um, we are kind of finishing up Ashley choosing the movies for June in revenge for making me watch yeah. her the entire original Star Wars trilogy, and she has chosen Raising Arizona. So this is continuing the theme from Young Frankenstein. Which is? Which is, I need, I, Young Frankenstein, I feel, is all about fatherhood and... A creative Are life. you just making up this theme? Well, I noticed the theme from last time, but this is the intellectual theme, and then I'm going to get to the real theme. Okay, I was like, I thought this was movies that you just watched a ton growing well, up. Well, I like, know you haven't seen these yet. What? No, I, I today when I was like updating the Tumblr and stuff, and I was looking at both the movies, I was like, oh, the common theme is like fatherhood and family, and like creating a new like group that you're like, this is my group, this is my family, and. The real reason I chose these two is because out of any of the movies, like, Young Frankenstein by far was, like, the first comedy movie I saw where I was like, this is what I, like, I was just like, this is amazing. This is hilarious. I want to do this. And then Race in Arizona is like, oh my god, it's beautiful. It's so weird. And it made everyone in my family laugh. Like, Young Frankenstein, it's kind of like, my dad and I laugh, and then my mom is just like, oh, you too. But this one, my mom was like, I love, like, everyone loves Raising okay. Arizona. <laughs> so well. that is the real reason. And I think it is a funny movie. So, I know about Raising I was gonna Arizona? say, I know from our Fargo episode that this was the Coen Brothers. Yes. I don't say what. The Coen Brothers made this one. Um, and I know Nicolas Cage is in it. And Which you didn't know until I bought the Blu-ray. <laughs> yeah, you handed me it, and I was like, oh, Nick Cage. And that is, I'm assuming it takes place in Arizona. It does, it takes but, place in Tent Bay. Yeah, it's like as far as plot goes, I don't even know what genre this is. <laughs> I'm assuming, because of the Coen Brothers, that it's a quirky something. But I, like, I'm assuming it's not like a straight genre. No. Like, okay, like Fargo. Yeah. Was, like hilarious in bits, but it was also like, oh right. my word. So I'm assuming it will be not a, like, it won't be easy to identify, right? Like, this is a comedy, this is an action drama. I, like, I, I think, think it's in a gray area. I think this might be one of their more films where it is a comedy. Okay. And it is too, it is such an extreme comedy that at points it's filmed like a live action cartoon. Oh, okay. And I well, think I'm that's why that. it appeals to, like, you know, it's like my but, parents So it like is a it. straight comedy. I think it is. Well, I, I, know, I don't want to say straight comedy, but it would definitely be classified as a comedy. Yeah. Okay. And it's like, I liked it, you know, I think kids like it. I think okay. it has some jokes. I'll like it. Um, but basically, so it came out in 1987. Yep. Uh, it does take place in Arizona. Nicolas Cage is in it. Holly Hunter's in it. Okay. Um, John Goodman's in it. Trey Wilson. That's kind of the main cast. Um, we don't. Frances McDormand's in it. She is. She just has a bit role, though. Okay. Um, so there's two uh, taglines. Hold on. Oh. There we go. Okay. Oh, okay. I'll do the first one because it's short. Okay. A comedy beyond belief. <laughs> Their lawless years are behind them. Their child-rearing years lay ahead. I was really worried about getting that one out. I was like, how'd that go? I thought we would need to take two minutes. I, I know you got it out. 
in the first I, one. Good job. As soon as I saw child rearing and like your child rearing, I was like, oh, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> this one might be a practice one, but you did a good job. Okay. Yeah. Hey, one um, take Ashley. That's what they call me. They yeah, so, like, um, that's raising, that's all I know. This yeah, This probably I mean, going to be a pretty short intro segment. I think so. I think let's just go ahead and watch it. Let's do it. Let's do it. Oh, um, we are watching this Ashley, um... Ashley, 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 Ashley has purchased the Blu-ray. I have because I didn't want to. It's not available streaming anymore. No. And then I didn't want to. We do things legally here. We do do things legally, and I didn't want to buy. I didn't want to waste a Netflix mm. disc to get this. Okay. And I have been meaning to buy it for a while. Yeah. I was like, this is a movie I do enjoy. Yeah. Oh my gosh, I showed one of my coworkers uh like can I stream it.com today. Yeah. He was like, This is amazing. Isn't it? It's beautiful. I was like, I know, right? We use this three times a month. <laughs> yeah. We use this all the time. Yep. Um, cool, so let's watch this. Yeah, let's go. Okay, we're back. Hello. That was hilarious. hilarious. And I just gotta say that I wasn't expecting it for it to be funny that way. Because it was Every line was, like, it was yeah. humor just with the script, but then visually, it wasn't, like, it's, remember when that person made the video being, like, oh, the visual comedy of Edgar Wright's movies? Yeah. This reminded me of that. Yeah. Where it's, like, just, it, it had the visual comedy. That's, that's, anytime, like, Edgar Wright talks about his comedy, yeah. Raised in Arizona is always on the list. Yeah, because I, I was, like, this is amazing, and within yeah. the first... Ten minutes. I was like, this looks amazing. That's the thing. I think... Oh, th- my third note is this is hilarious visually. <laughs> right. I mean, I think Young Frankenstein and Raising Arizona have more jokes per minute yeah. than most well, comedies and do now. Also, the way they talk in this... At first, I was like, my very first note is, I can't understand them. But then, like, I actually just kind of focused for a yeah. little bit. And then I got it. I still couldn't really understand the, um, the lone biker, the apocalypse, very well ever. But everyone else, Lenny. I was good. Is it okay? Smallest. Well, that's just because the first time that Kate describes him, he's like, a lone biker, the apocalypse. The I thought that was hilarious. I wrote down a lot of quotes because I was like, like, okay, when he picks up the bay and goes, look here, young sportsman, I was like, yes. So, I do think this is a film that you should watch again, because it's yeah. just, it's such a good film to have on in the background, because you just pick up on the dialogue, because it, mm-hmm. it is a Coen Brothers script. Yeah. So, it is so smart. It is a dense script. But then it's like, they just talk so fast. It's like, it's Girl Friday, and they're just like, we gotta get these lines out, and it's yeah. just... So fast and so well, smart. Frances McDormand, oh my word. I, I love her. The scene she... Okay, so... Let's just go over the... Uh, the basic plot. Basic plot yeah. is... Uh, Nick Cage is a... He... H.I. Yes, H.I. Robs convenience stores, but he never has bullets in the gun. Yep. Right? He's a good criminal. Yes, he's a good criminal. And I just gotta say, I love... It's kind of the trope, but I love, you know, the cons with standards. Like, when his friends later were like, now, usually we don't associate with those kinds of folks. Where it's like, we just kill people. Right. We don't do that. And yeah. so I just, I love that trope where they're like, now see here. Like, no. We got some ethics. We yeah, exactly. I just, I, I love it. Because it's always kind of interesting to see, like, oh, well, where are these filmmakers going to draw this right. line? <laughs> um, 
But so he is a criminal and has been in and out of prison a couple of times and in the process falls in love with the police officer, Ed, Edwina. Holly Hunter. Yes. And then they get married and she's barren, but they want kids. And then Nathan Arizona, who runs an unpainted furniture store. Yeah. And when we were in the store later, I was like, um, excuse me, Nathan, some of these pieces have a varnish on them. Now, does that count? I think it does. But, um... He and his wife, because of science, had five kids, quintuplets. Yeah. And so they're, then they, like, newspaper article. But you remember, like, in the early, yeah. in the late 80s, early 90s, That's, it was like, oh my gosh, she had six tuplets. Yeah. yeah. She had seven kids. And so they're like, well, they're obviously got a lot on the hands, so they take one. And then shenanigans ensue is right. pretty much the so, thing. Yeah. That's just the basic plot is they kidnap a child to raise his own. This kid was an amazing actor. I love this kid. Sometimes child actors are not good. This kid, oh my word, he like would rub his eyes whenever anyone picked him up, he would hug them. They had to spend hours. This kid was amazing. Days. Days with this child. It took them a year because of the child labor laws too. The baby could only be on set four hours a day, but they were just like, nope, we gotta get the take. We gotta get it. Bring him back tomorrow. Oh my god. Um... So, what were we talking about before I, we decided to... We're just doing a basic plot. Okay. I'd like to just discuss H.I.'s and Ed's relationship. Yeah. So, I I love this relationship. It's and cute. It's so cute. And here's the thing. When we describe the plot, we're like, Ed really wants a baby. Yeah. And immediately, like, as soon as this film started, and I've kind of... I haven't watched it for a little bit, so I was like, I forgot how baby crazy she was. And at mm. first, I was like, oh, like, oh, that's such, that's so, like, an ugly stereotype. But, like, oh my I god. I don't think it's an ugly stereotype to want to be a mom. But, no, but to the point that you would kidnap a child. Oh, well, he wants it, too. But I'm just saying, like, okay. she's, like, she's the one that brings up the idea. Okay, fair enough. Um, but the way that it's handled in this mm-hmm. is so beautiful, and it says so much about her character, because even when she finds out she's barren, it's like, she is, like, uncontrollably sad. And yeah. then, like, when she wants the baby, she's like, she, it's all out of love. Yeah, and it, it is. And it's it's never played for the joke of, like, no. oh, she just wants a baby. It's always, like... No, she, like, has so much love. And yeah. there's so much well, beauty Yeah, and that's what, because even when he was saying, it was like, she wanted a kid because her argument was, there's so much beauty in the world, like, wouldn't it be waste? And I liked, he goes, next was time to get a critter. And when he said that, I was like, oh, they're going to get a dog. <laughs> and then it was like, it would be a shame not to share the beauty of the world. I was like, oh, no, they call children critters. Critters. Okay, got it. <laughs> Fantastic. Which I think I will start using. Um, but I just love that it's never played for a joke. No, yeah, I do like it's that. It's always, like, she, it's out of the goodness of her yeah. heart. And it's part of her character. I liked, um, how just completely out of their depth they were when they finally did get the kid. And, like, Frances McDormand's there being like, now you gotta get the life insurance. Have you gotten the life insurance? And she's, like, spraying the mustard on the bread and being like, now. You gotta start a trust fund. That's for their orthodontry. And, and universe. And universe. Well, they're going to Arizona, Arizona State. State. <laughs> oh, and she was like, what's its name? Well. I was like, we're gonna just skip over that but, business. Not to be, like, so Arizona. But you know why she said you gotta go to Arizona State? No, why? Because there's three universities in Arizona. 
And it's gotta be Arizona State. It can't be any other school. What are the other universities? University of Arizona, uh-huh. Arizona State University, and Northern Arizona University. And they're all like the public state schools? All public state schools. Okay. There, I was like, I'm trying to think. I'm pretty sure there's more than one. I mean, the state school in Illinois is University of Illinois. Yeah. But, I don't know, so this requires more research than I'm willing to do right those now. Those are our top three, and so every, every, like, home in Arizona that has, like, university oh, kids is always like, like alright, so you gotta go to Arizona State. Well, we're U of A kids ourselves, so she's gotta go to U of A. NAU's gotta God. go there. I will so say there's... one thing is that... <laughs> Like, I am very glad that my parents were like, well, we both, like, they both went to the same school for undergrad and graduate school, and then we were looking at colleges, like, the first thing I said was, like, you do not have to go to the school we went to, and I think all of us were like, oh, good. Yeah. Like, (laughs) fantastic. It's just, like, everyone has their, like, you know, it's like, that's their school. Yeah. So it's like, we're all Arizona State kids. Okay. No harm. Um, but yeah, so I, I just... Love that she's like, guys, um, can I say that? Um, what in the last um episode I had complained about opening credits, yes, and this was a darn good intro sequence. Oh, yeah, it's and like a so, James Bond, yeah. Thing. I was like, I let me clarify my opening credits thing, <laughs> but I don't like because I was like, when there's like the opening sequence and then the credits. That I do not mind, because this was amazing. And it's always interesting to see, like, story-wise, what they choose to put before the credits. Yeah. Or the title card or whatever. I should know these terms. I'm this tired. Reminded me, this <laughs> reminded me a lot of Up. Just the yes. fact that it was, like, just did their entire relationship. Yeah. And then it was like, alright, real story. Now. Yeah. We kidnap the kid. And you're like... It's like, now that you're in love with right. this couple, <laughs> That's the thing. It's they're like, gonna steal a baby. Right? And you're like, oh my god, like, nothing about this should be funny. No. Well, what is hilarious is when, when he's like, when High's in there looking at all five babies and is like freaking out, being like, oh no, oh no, oh no. I'm like, this is me babysitting. That's, yeah. This is me to a T- because I don't know if we've talked about Ooh. babies on the podcast, but they make me extremely uncomfortable. Yeah, I don't think we have just because of that reason. I did, yeah. Well, a coworker of mine did, brought his month-old child into work, yeah. and everyone else was like, oh, baby. And I was like, I really want to like this kid because he is the child of someone, like one of my very good friends. I want to like this kid. And what I ended up doing was like, I got compared to a shark because my friend was like, you were just nervously circling like a safe distance away from everyone who was holding the baby. And I was like, I was trying so hard right. to be nice. And <laughs> I ended it didn't up looking come like a crazy person. But I mean, the thing is like, Hi and Ed only have two hours to get prepared for a baby. Yeah, like, that's the thing. They were like, we're gonna steal a baby. Right. And get then a they stole the baby. Welcome home, son. <laughs> like, like, just so much, like, yeah. I feel like that's how I envision parenthood to be, is just like, I don't know what I'm doing. I don't like still it breathing? when he's cool. like, these are the instructions. Right. <laughs> and I was like, I grabbed the that's what I need. Um, there's <laughs> a, a few lines that my dad will just, like, scream. Yeah. And anytime we do something good, he'll just go, she's fine, she is. <laughs> like, pat her head. So the like, accent in this was so, I just wanted to start talking, like, all the time. What, are you kidding? We got a family here. 
I love Holly Hunter. I feel like she is. I always forget about her, and then I'm like, Well, what else is she in? Because I like I looked at her face. I was like, Oh my god, she's She's the last girl. (gasps) Leave the saving the world up to the men. I don't don't think think so. And she's been in more stuff. But I was like, I, the, like, I recognized her face, which was not in The Incredibles. So. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, she's been in a lot, but it's like, I always forget how much I enjoy her. Oh my god, have I not She was seen... in Oh Brother, Where Art Thou? She's, bona- she's the oh. one who's uh, the fiancé of George Clooney. Oh. She's bona fide, she is. I was like, I think that's the only other one I've seen out of these besides The Incredibles. Okay, let's get back to Raising Arizona. But um, I love her, and in this, like, she takes to being a mom like a fish to water. Like, she's, when she's trying to throw out... So, uh, John Goodman and oh, Sloan... His, yeah, McFarlane, what are the... What are, Gail and... And... High's buddies from prison. Gail and Evel. Yes. Okay. When he burst out, Gale burst out of the ground, (laughs) and Ashley's like, "This is good." And then his head pops up, and I just go, "Ew!" And Ashley starts because like just it was in his mouth, and then he just starts screaming. I was like, "That must have been so much fun," because they like you know they had this rubber thing and all this on top, and they're like, "Well, I stick your head up in there." I'm ninety percent sure. Their dialogue is John Goodman just half of it screaming. Screams oh my god! Entire film. That was really funny. And same with that guy when there was the whole like Nick Cage was switching all the cars and when they were he was like I need to buy some diapers and had the pantyhose on his head. Oh yeah, the what did they say? Like son, son, you got some panties on, on your head. head. <laughs> and he was like, Nathan Junior needs some huggies. I'll be yeah. back shortly. <laughs> But um, I like how he called in his, like, fictional dreams, like, the lone biker of the apocalypse. Right. So and then I have grenades. <laughs> so the lone biker of the apocalypse is the bounty hunter. He's yeah. put on the trail of John Goodman. I thought when they showed the close-ups of his hairy boots, I was like, oh my word, this is actual skin. That he has formed around his calves and has made into boots. Like, those looked... He just looked absolutely disgusting. Yeah, and I like, loved it. His teeth. Oh. I was just like, oh, Lone Biker, the apocalypse. It. You're so his, gross. His tattoos just, Mama didn't love me. Yeah. Which I love. It's like, oh, Lone Biker, the apocalypse. Don't worry. Yeah. Nathan Jr. probably loves you. He seems to be a nice kid. Um, when the police and the FBI are at Nathan Arizona's house and they're like, what was the child was wearing? And like going back and forth. And then just when the FBI man goes, the child was wearing his jammies. <laughs> I was like, nobody sleeps naked in this house. <laughs> Everyone was just so hapless. Like, yeah. no one was good at their job. No. No one. It was just... The absurdity of these situations. Yeah. But then just no one ever stopped talking throughout well, that's it. That's the thing. I mean, I was trying to describe this this morning, and I was like, I I hate using the term absurdist. But it, but it is. is. And the uh, H.I. has the Woody the Woodpecker tattooed on his yeah. arms. And I read somewhere years ago that it was because he wanted to... Um, drive home the fact that this is a cartoon. Like, it is a real-life cartoon. 
And I feel like it is like that to a degree, but I also, it's like a cartoon grounded in reality. Because you don't really see. It's like, I feel this is the most cartoony you can go without it becoming a cartoon. Yeah, it's like, like, um, they're in the festival, Brad Bird had a panel. But he was saying that like the difference between animation and live action where it's not like it's not a genre it's a medium and he was saying like animation is where it's the essence of something turned up yeah and i was like man they turned up this essence yeah just as far as it could go yeah and that's the thing i was like trying to because i was like oh it's just it's like very surreal and then i was like no it's not surreal I feel like Fran Lothian of Las Vegas was surreal. Right, like this it's was just, just crazy. Hey, it's just like <laughs> anything that you think can happen doesn't happen, and then it's just like it's just so. This had a good soundtrack too. It did. It had some really it good had songs. A great soundtrack. Um, I gosh, darn it. There's I had just have so much written down, but half of it's just lines, and I just. Because the inflection and the way they said everything... Yeah. ...was so funny. I, I think this is, like... I don't particularly enjoy reading scripts of movies that I've seen. But this would be a good one, I think. Yeah. I mean, the dialogue is just so good. And there's some lines that, like... I just haven't heard before. And I was like, oh, this is lovely and moving. But there's, like, little things that just make it... Um... Sorry. Sorry. No, keep talking. I just... Um, there's just little things that make it grounded in reality. So, like, it goes to those crazy places, but then it's like, they're eating cereal and drinking Coke in the morning. Yeah, and, you're and, just man, like, and they shoveled both of them. Right, like, like it's just so silly. And what do you say, like, these are some good cereal flakes, man? some good corn flakes. I was just like, oh my word. Um, I, when the Lone Biker, the Apocalypse... Was went to Nathan, Arizona, to mm-hmm. be like, "You're gonna pay me twice as much money." Um, th- his secretary was like, "Should I call Dwayne?" Yeah, Dwayne is the name of my step grandfather. <laughs> like, my grandfather died, and then my grandma remarried to a man called Dwayne. And so when she said that, I just imagined my grandpa like shuffling in and being like, "What's up?" <laughs> Dwayne, there is a lone biker in the apocalypse here. <laughs> this will be funny to no one else, but I don't care. Yeah. I had to share this story. Should I call Dwayne? And the first thing on mind was like, no, don't call Dwayne. <laughs> like, what is he going to do? Right, fair enough. Oh my gosh, sorry. But I just thought that was funny. But I didn't laugh at it, but it was just like, I, it took me out of it for a little bit. Because I was like, don't call Dwayne. Oh, wait, no. Right. Sorry, Grandpa Dwayne. <laughs> Rest easy. Rest assured, we will not be calling you to take out bikers. Um, but I, man, I could never understand Lenny. He was I mean, very difficult to understand. Basically, he just said one thing. Like, his name's Leonard Smalls, but his friends call him Lenny. Oh, but he had friends. I got that one because you repeated it. <laughs> I thought it was really funny. And you're like, huh? So um, I and understand then, him. basically, he's just trying to figure out how much to get paid. Okay, that's what I thought. I guessed. I said, so the motorcycle man wants more money, question mark? Yeah. Okay. Um. Who was, um, High's boss? Glenn. Glenn, who's the swinger. Yeah. Has an I Drive Naked sticker on his car. I know. I was like, what? That also kind of came out from nowhere. I was like, Glenn? 
Yeah. Who was Glenn? Glenn? Who was Glenn? Is this uh, someone no, I should know? Sorry. I meant, um, Glenn is H.I.'s boss. And yeah. husband of Dot. Yeah. Um, and they come over and have a nice little barbecue. And it's basically just driving home the fact that, like, they're gonna... They have a family now, and the kids are just yeah. like, and then Hyde gets everything. like, those were terrible kids. I love those kids. You gotta wreck it. Right? Like, they're just like all over the place. And then he just writes fart on the wall. I was like, ugh. Kids. That's such like a shining reference, though. When the kid like draws red rum on the wall, just like, uh. It's like, oh my gosh. I have written down here so many times how good. I thought Nathan Jr. was, oh my gosh, when they keep leaving him, like, on top of the car, <laughs> and then driving away, what? and then they never, they always had him sleeping on his stomach, and I was like, back to sleep, it's back to sleep, you do not put a small child to sleep on his stomach. Right. <sighs> but. They clearly didn't read the instructions yet. No. Um, the people that are leaving them are. John Goodman and his brother. Yeah. So they're the ones that take them away. Take what away? <laughs> Just, uh, they're the ones, they kidnap Nathan. Oh, from, yeah, that's right, from High. From High and Ed. Yeah, because so, they figure out who he is. Yeah, Glenn comes to the house and then... Because they've broken out of prison with plans to rob this bank so that they can then retire. And so they're like, okay, we're going to ransom off this kid and rob the bank, and then we'll definitely be set. But then they fall in love with little Nathan Jr. Promise we'll never leave him. <laughs> yeah, so they learn to love him, and then they leave him on top of the car. Yeah. Oh my gosh, that was so funny. Um, when they tie high up, I have written down aggressive hair flip, because he is like trying with all of his neck to get out of the chair. Yeah. But not with any of the rest of his body. <laughs> it is just the hair flip going on. Okay, this was also probably the best performance I've ever seen from Nicolas Cage. I'm not one of the people who hates him. But well, I, I was like, eh, I'm, I've been pretty much like, yeah, he's made some crappy movies, but what? Who hasn't? Um, but I thought he was great in this. No, that's the I, This is his favorite role. Yeah. Or my favorite role. I was um, like, was it his favorite role? Has he said that? I don't know. Hey, uh, you know, when we get together, we don't really talk about his film roles. Oh, okay. Well, next time, ask him. I will. Oh, thank you. Um, but, uh... I do also like National Treasure. (laughs) We all know I like National Treasure since I quoted it the other day in conversation. That and, uh, what's the one where, oh, is it Con Air? Fucking love Con Air! (laughs) Oh, I love Con Air. It's so good. Oh my gosh. It's so bad. Yeah. But it is like but such it's so good. good. <laughs> yeah. It's just like everything you want. It's just, I just want to watch. I always hate it when they, after the plane crashes and they show the guy with his shoulder dislocated, like hanging from the handcuffs. That always gives me that, ugh, gross. I know, that kind of came out of left field. Just go with me. <laughs> Well, I was trying to decide. It's like, we all know how I feel about violence. I'm just like, "Ah, alright. Fair enough. I still haven't seen Daredevil. It just doesn't seem like a summer show. I've heard it's really violent. We just saw Mad Max. Yeah, but that was different. Oh my god, I saw this amazing, like, um, thing with the, um, 
But we didn't see it. We just saw him no. around the intestines no. after. Okay. So, I think it's time we raise a very important point. Yeah. I think Nick Cage is attractive. Okay, I was going to say, I said I was going to be like, if this isn't it, I was going to pose it as a question, and that is, is Nick Cage attractive in this film? I think he is! Because for me, the answer is sometimes yes, sometimes definitely not. I don't know, sometimes, like, his face, man, it kept throwing me. <laughs> he had a better face. <laughs> Set his face. Yeah. Yeah, I, was like, I was like, he looks very fit in this. It's a That's very a young thing. man. It's very, very <laughs> sprightly. He's very stunned. He's wiry. Mm-hmm. And then sometimes I would then look at his face and I was like, he but his face. But his, his face, though. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, I feel like we're one of those terrible radio morning DJs oh who are just like, right, Penelope Cruz. Really? Seriously? But it's like, I don't know. I couldn't figure it out. I was just sitting there being like, sir. Well, because he just had the most bizarre facial expressions. And he, like, with the hair thing was kind of throwing me off. And mm-hmm. I was just like, what? He would just, his face was hilarious. So sometimes, like, when he was crawling under the car yeah. and Lenny dragged him out, his face was like, oh, here we <laughs> go. Just, but yeah, I don't know. I'm still on the fence. The moment that does it for me, and the moment that did it for me when I was a teenager watching this, where I was like, where is he? Oh. was when he goes out to talk to Glenn, and he's got, like, his hip popped, and he's wearing, like, the blue pants and the white shirt. I was always like, meh. That's attractive. When he went to confront the swinger in the neck brace, that's what did it for you. Well, no, just the look. Okay. I just thought the lighting was right. I thought that was attractive. I didn't find the situation. Oh my god. Okay, sorry. I was like, speaking of... Hold on. Um, okay, but I guess the transition here in my mind was speaking of Nicolas Cage putting things into the waistband of his pants when he was like, we're gonna go get Nathan Jr. back. How many guns does he put in his pants? Because I thought Three. I counted five. <laughs> He just kept going back and forth across the screen, and each time it seemed like he had a different handgun, but I couldn't tell if he was, like, putting them in and then taking them out to load them. And I was like, how many guns can this man fit in his pants? Oh, I thought it was just two handguns and a shotgun. Okay, see, that's the thing, is because every time he went back and forth out of frame, I wasn't sure if it was a gun that he had put in his pants and then taken out, or if it was an entirely different gun. But I was like, if you, know, you can fit five handguns in the waistband of your pants, I think they're too big. That's really all I have to say about this. <laughs> I was going to say, should we just continue quoting I lines was like, for the that's what it's going minutes? to turn into, is us just quoting all of the lines. Um, eight, two, five? Why do I have that written down? I don't know. E25? Eight, two, five? Oh my gosh, okay, let's talk about when they robbed the bank, and how he's like... Well, let's okay. talk about that entire sequence. Okay. So when the brothers steal, they, I, I say steal, they're kidnapping. So when the Snow brothers kidnap yes. this child, they kidnap Nathan, they Junior. fall in Junior, who then becomes Gail Junior because yeah. they love him. Yes. I love that everyone is like, my baby. My name, yeah, Junior. Except for Hi and Ed, who name them the others when they're like, "Oh, what's his name?" They have to pull one yeah. out of their butt. Yeah, but he always becomes a junior yeah. of the person. Yeah, and so when they, they're not even entirely sure 
that it is, in fact, Nathan Jr. that was stolen. No, no one Because everyone is like, which one? Everyone thinks, thinks. it's Nathan. <laughs> Best guess is that this is Nathan <laughs> Jr. We are never certain that it is, in fact, Nathan Jr. It could have been Barry, Gary, Larry, or Harry. Right. We don't know. No, no yeah. one knows. But I'm sure, when they put him back together, he automatically is going to become Nathan Jr. Oh, absolutely. He's Nathan Jr. now. Right. Um... So when they kidnap him and they fall in love with him immediately because he smiled at him, yeah. then they go to the convenience store to get him huggies. Yeah, and balloons. And it's like a big deal that the diapers have like the fasteners well, he's on like, them. How do you put it on? It comes with instructions. Like, I'm asking if it needs pins or fasteners. <laughs> And then that old man at the convenience store, when he actually, like, continues to count. But before that, when they do the balloons. Yeah. He's like, is balloons any funny shapes? No. You think circle's funny? Circle is hilarious, sir, because you are a Jaminy treasure. But I, this is the first time I've seen this, is if you look out the window, John Goodman. actually did keep counting and then that gag was repeated later because you like count to oh that's why i have 825 written down. oh yeah count to 825 and it's like maybe i'll come back after 100 just to check like blah 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 but then when it cuts the old man again like he is still counting when they realize that they've forgotten and nathan jr's fall off the top of the car and they go back and you hear him in the 700s and he's like ah oh, forget this <laughs> and then sees him and like goes back down and starts counting again and then when they go to rob the bank it's like everyone, you know, there's a whole freeze, stay where you are joke, or like get on the ground, freeze. Yeah. It's like, well, which one is it? That, and when they're finally on the ground, it's like, stay there for 10 minutes. And then later when um, Ed. Ed runs through, it goes, just get on the ground, like little lady. <laughs> like, we are all chilling on the floor. We still got that two minutes the left. Drill. We have been lying here for four minutes and 37 seconds. So we st- we're not halfway done yet. <laughs> I just like how everyone is like, yes, sounds great. Yep. Everyone, you know, Billy, set a timer. <laughs> so let's talk about the end of this film. Oh, okay. The so, dream? Oh, yeah, the dream. I I think the dream is like an epilogue. Oh, okay. But, so the warthog from hell yeah. gets the baby, and then he and H.I. get into a fight. Yeah. And H.I. pulls... The pin, the grenade pin, and yeah. blows him up. Which, like I said, when we were watching this, we both noted that that was a really good headbutt in the fight little, scene. That, like, it's that a good was fight good. Scene. Yeah, because um, I mean, it was like it wasn't a f- good fight scene. It's like, oh, that looks realistic because everything was so absurd. Right. But it was like the headbutt was really good. This was good, a though. good fight scene. Um, and then just the explosion was a solid explosion. What's the deal with the baby shoes on Lenny? I think that's just like shows that he did he fall in love with Nathan Jr. too? No, or I did think... he kill the child whose shoes those are? <laughs> I'm like I didn't get it. I mean, I viewed it as his tattoo is "Mama didn't love me." Yeah, and I viewed that as his baby. Oh shoes. Oh my god, that is so sad. Or 
he was trying to rescue his like brother. My sister. This is like a harmonica situation now. Is that what this is? <laughs> yes. Yes, it is. That's why he is so had canon accepted. <laughs> That's why he's so trying so hard to get Nathan Jr. back. Okay. But even though he just stumbles upon Nathan Jr. Okay. Uh, but there's so there's it, there's not natural reason for the baby shoes? I don't, if there is, I don't know. Okay. Alright. Uh, but I can't say I've done Internet, too much research help us into out. this. Right. Um, um, so, do you think at any moment there is a turn back moment? What do you mean? Like, if something hadn't happened, they would still have Nathan, they would be fine. Like, if John Goodman didn't show up. They would have gotten away scot It's like, I definitely think that if the two prisoners had not shown up at their house, that, mm, it's like, I think that would have been okay for a while. Yeah, but if Lenny is drawn to the reward money. Oh, that's true. I think, like, like I don't think they would, I think Lenny would have found them. Mm-hmm. But I think, I don't think Hi would have gone crazy and robbed a convenience store. Um... Because I think it was only, I think he still would have been kind of unhappy and dissatisfied, but I don't think because his, you know, prison friends weren't there. I think it was like, oh yeah, remember the good old days, like there wasn't, there wouldn't have been that touch of nostalgia to like draw him back in. But I do think that the Lone Rider of the Apocalypse would have, um, Lone Biker of the Apocalypse would have found them in the end. Because he did, like he showed up at their house. Yeah. So it's like, I don't think there's a scenario in this where they would have raised Nathan Jr. What do you think? I don't know. I mean, part of me feels like the Lone Biker, the Warthog from Hell, Mm -hmm. smells the pomade. The Mm -hmm. pomade is what brings him to... Oh, so he kind of knows well, where they are, true. and okay. then he figures out, like, the baby might be there, so then he goes to Nathan. I forgot about the pomade. But I'm also, like, that's kind of, that's a... It's kind of a stretch. That is a bit of a stretch. Um, I don't know, I find that it... pomade looked disgusting when they were putting their hands in and putting on their hair, but at the same time, I was like... What if that oh, when I gotta get us some pomade. <laughs> uh, I, I just find this interesting that, I mean, normally in, like, I can't remember which film was it where if they just did something different, it would have been all right. Brazil, maybe? I don't think it was Brazil. We did one. Yeah. I can't remember. Where if it was like at least if like something, if they would have made one choice differently, Mm. it would have been all right. But this is like every, the opposite reaction like wouldn't have made that much difference kind of thing. I don't think so. But in the end, these people are yeah. main characters who we love. And I liked it when they returned Nathan Jr. And Nathan Sr. Oh. was like, oh, the money. And she's like, we don't need money. And Hi's just sitting there going like, what? Oh, I'm just like, well, what do you want? She goes, can I just look at him? And Hi's like, that was the wrong answer. <laughs> like, no, Ed, what are you doing? <laughs> See, I viewed that more as like, he's heartbroken. Yeah. That he can't give her And I like just how honest he is with this complete stranger. It's like, oh, yeah. like, you know, you two will have kids. Well, I think we're thinking of breaking up. Like, this man is a complete stranger. You have stolen his child, and now you're spilling the entirety of your life story to him. But Nathan Arizona is a minor celebrity. I feel like it's a little different. Oh, and I will say, when he was saying, like, everyone knew who Nathan Arizona was, for a split second I panicked and was like, 
oh my god, who's here for Arizona? And then they showed him on the TV and was like, oh, not a real person, buddy. Right. Like, you can relax. It is alright that you didn't I know who they you looked over at me to be like, I don't know Nathan. Like, everyone knows. I was like, I don't know. Everyone knows Nathan Arizona and Arizona. I was feeling very, um self-conscious about this one that I knew so little about it yeah. going into it and so when they're like everyone knew we're like I don't know who he is it's an Arizona fan everyone it's on my birthday too I'm feeling very just self-aware of just my youth <laughs> I'm like well I we shouldn't go into this on the podcast um <laughs> just feeling very aware of how little I know about some things and it's making me incredibly self-conscious I will say this movie makes me very nostalgic for Arizona oh yeah but also it's like if you go to Arizona now mm-hmm. none of this exists oh no. it's like they're well, I'm not visiting well I mean like one the sunsets are a hundred times more beautiful than they are in this film. okay I might visit and there's no more farms. Like, Arizona used to be a big farm Yeah, community. which still blows my mind, because I'm like, how did anything grow there? I don't know. Okay. I come from the breadbasket of America. There were, like, four cow farms next mm. to oh, you the, know our subdivision. I think there's a lot of cattle farms in southern Florida, too. Yeah. This is making more sense now. Um, but it's, it's so funny to watch this, and it's like, when they're, like, just like Tempe, and they're like, "Oh my gosh! Like, look at this beautiful desert view!" And you're just like, "That's not in Tempe. Like, I know exactly where that is. Ashley's it's not like, Tempe." Fact <laughs> uh, checking, or if it's there, like, it's just not there anymore. Like, it's just the urban sprawl has yeah. gone out. I do like when they said they settled in the suburbs, and, <laughs> and they showed the like three trailers and a patch <laughs> of scrubland. I was like, "That's hilarious." Yeah, you still have those neighborhoods. Yeah, and that's the like, thing. It's like the I there are those neighborhoods in the Midwest yeah. too. It's just no one calls it the suburbs. Yeah. Um, but I do love that. Like, I don't think this. I like that this film is Arizonian, mm-hmm. which is weird because there is no really Arizona culture. <laughs> but it. Yeah, I get it. Well, it's just like we're. It's a very transit state. Yeah. No one really stays there. So That's it's true. hard to, like, kind of... Capture that. Right. Like, it's not really, like, oh, that's... Oh, that's so Arizona. Like, yeah. to be, like, really nice or really mean. It's just like... No, that makes uh, sense. I don't know. Um, but what do you think about the end? Is it a happy ending or is it a sad ending? The I dream think, sequence. Oh, the dream sequence now. I think it's hopeful. Yeah. You know, I don't think it's... Straight out happy or sad because we don't know what happens because it is open-ended, but I think it's hopeful, so I'm like, I'm going to go with happy. And you think that H.I. dreams about his future, Mm -hmm. and they dream that they do have kids. Yeah. And that Nathan's kind of remembers them and becomes a huge football star. Yeah. Do you think it is true that they are going to have kids? Um, let's see. This was, it's in the 80s. I was like, I feel like, I think there's a chance. You know, with science and whatnot. And it's like, you know what, they're... Yeah, they could have, yeah. I think... I'm with you. I think something could happen, but I also think that Nathan Arizona might help them out. I really... Oh, well... Like, maybe put in a word with the adoption. Yeah. Peoples. Yeah, I think I think he could. But I also feel like... Maybe something could happen. Or maybe they'll actually get... Legitimate critters 
and just have like seven dogs. So you're telling me that the children who showed up at the end were dogs and people outfits? <laughs> no, I'm saying that maybe they have, you know. Yeah, they do have some critters. They have animal babies instead. Um, Get a pack of wild dogs. I will say. Capture from the deserts like your mom with that one cat. <laughs> Katniss, use her proper yeah. name. Ashley's mom has trapped a cat. She has brought a cat into a good home. Alright. We have different views on this. <laughs> I will say there are two lines that I particularly that tug at my heartstrings. Okay. And we'll end on this. Okay. Is the first line is when they're talking about Ed being barren and mm-hmm. they're like, her insides were a rocky patch and my seed couldn't find a place to grow. I was like, oh. I really did appreciate how they talked because they would use just, like, the words, it would... I don't want to say they use, like, educated language, because sometimes they didn't, but things like that... Right. Was, they would say things that it's were poetic. eloquent and poetic and beautiful, but with that accent. Right. And I was just like, this is such a juxtaposition, and I love it. What was the other line? The other line is, John Goodman says, I'd rather light a candle than curse your darkness. And then he give, pitches him an idea, which I love. That it's is like I was just like is. I don't think I've ever recognized that line no. before. But I was like, oh my I goodness. think that is like my new favorite well, thing. It's just like And then the two um John Goodman and his brother in it were saying how like they wanted to rob the bank so they could retire, but also it's like, you know, the career coach in the prison said they got to have goals <laughs> and the sun don't rise and set on the corner grocery. And so I was like, I really did like that view too, where it's like, and then because they were the ones in prison where it's like, well, you know, sometimes a job is more important. Where right. they were like, yeah, you know, we have taken this to heart and we would really like to move up in our field. And so we are yeah. going to go rob the bank. But, so that... That makes sense. And he would then say something where it's like, no, because from his point of view, he's right. like, well, this is my passion, and how can I reach my goal? Yeah. <laughs> so. My goal is to retire by the time I'm 50. Exactly. How do I make this happen? Yeah. Rather light a candle than curse your darkness. But, and then uh, there's one more. Mm-hmm. I thought you said two. <laughs> I know, but this one is a, is a good one. Okay. <laughs> God damn it, you never leave a man behind. <laughs> I go back. Yeah, and I like how at that point the kid is just strapped into his car seat, his car seat and so everyone's like swinging around <laughs> in the car seat, which is because it's like, you know, they had that kid for the close-up shots and then it wasn't yeah. dummy, but they're just like, sweat. like, what can, how can we have this kid still have close-ups, but then we can just kind of put him wherever we want to, car seat, he shall not leave the car seat. But tall enough that you can't see the head. Exactly. Um, car seat. But I can't not, I can't count the number of times we've been in the car and my dad has slammed on the brakes and just screamed, God damn it, we can't leave a man behind when we forget something. I was like, how often do you forget your brother? Well, it's not necessarily a brother. It could be something we left at the grocery store. It could be something that we forgot to pick up. That's hilarious. Carrie, I told you the lizard story in Disney, right? Yes. <laughs> yeah, when, because we were like, can't find lizard. The lizard's gone and we opened the doors and Kathy's like, everyone up! Like, that was... Ours is, like, is our family car ride stories is where it's like, everyone out of the car, like, ah! And then, because Dad's response was like, what's going on? Carrie lost the lizard. He goes, 
no shit. <laughs> and so it's like our reaction to when things go wrong is just like, oh, no shit. <laughs> this is, what? <gasps> you look at that. <laughs> scream loudly. Yeah. Drive ah! Oh, what else did he, oh, we also, God, my family is so much like either everyone bail out of the car, like everyone bail, or someone will pull up in the car and be like, get in the car, and we'll be like, okay. <laughs> Which, by the way, we have done to friends when they are walking with people we don't know. And <laughs> our neighbor, Carrie, we would drive her home from school sometimes. Mm-hmm. And um, Kathy and I saw her walking with, like, some girl we don't know mm-hmm. on the side of the road. And Kathy pulled over, and I leaned out and go, Carrie, get in the car. And she goes, okay. And got in, because she's like, she's such a sweetheart. And her friend just goes, Carrie, no! <laughs> I'm like, no, it's fine. <laughs> you get in the car, too. <laughs> Sorry, okay. So those Back were, in, Debbie. Those were my three quotes. And those those are, are good ones. Those are the ones that, and the first two are ones that I yeah. just noticed this time. No, those are, are there all... any that stand out for you? Mm, no, not that we haven't covered already. No. I think we should. Let's wrap Let's, this up. Yeah. So. So would you recommend this film? I would recommend this film. Um, yeah, definitely. And especially because, I mean, I know we've clearly discussed that my Coen brothers, Yeah. you know, there's well, I think not a lot of... Not a lot of slots filled in on my dance card for them. That's... I, so... The main reason... The main films that I wanted to watch when mm-hmm. we started this were Star Wars. Yeah. And Coen Brothers. I feel like they're movies yeah. that I just... I don't know why. I just can't force myself to watch any of these. It's not even like a force myself to watch them. It's, they're just always ones where... Like, with Fargo... Oh, I should watch that. Yeah. Oh, God, I haven't seen that yet. Barton, oh, I'll do another It's just whenever... It's like... Whenever it's... I hate to say it, but it's like when I'm choosing between yeah one of several Coen Brothers movies or another movie, just the other movie has always went out. Yeah. But I'm really glad I finally saw this one because it just gets referenced so much when yeah. people talk about film. And I was always just kind of sitting, I mean, and we all know how much I knew about this going in. Nothing. Absolutely nothing. So... In terms of, like, what do you need to know to pretend like you've seen this, you just kind of smile and nod sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> well, I should say, you know, I guess as a caveat that it works. <laughs> That's the thing. I think, I mean, if we're going to go back to, like, how can you talk about this film, I truly don't think you can truly talk about this film. This and is one where you just kind of be like... I haven't seen it and, like, accept the ways, yeah. or you gotta be like, I'm working on it. Yeah, I do think you should know that it is a Coen Brothers movie. Yeah. It's like, I think, like, that. that's just one thing you should know, is this is them. Yeah. Um. But in terms of, like, trying to hold your own in a conversation about this, having not seen it, like... Leave the conversation as soon as possible unless you want to admit that you haven't seen this one. Yeah, I mean, I think you should know that it's, um, it's a cartoon. Like, it's, it's, it's got cartoon qualities. Um. Visual humor. Yeah. Um. Um, okay, so. But, I mean, I, I do think that this is a definite, a, can't, Four sentences going through in that one. I think this is a Nick Cage role. Like, if you had to see one Nick Cage, I would see this, 
He is, he is unrecognizable after this. Like, if this is the only one you see, and then you see a picture of him now... He still looks like Nick Cage. I don't think he does. Alright. Not this guy. He looks like Nick Cage. He looks like a younger man. No, in this, he's Nicolas Cage. There's a difference. Okay. Nicolas Cage... This is Nicolas Cage. Nick Cage and Con Air, they are two very different people. I disagree. Um, well, okay, so what's the third thing you know about this? Um, I, we could do Nick Cage. Okay. I was like, maybe... Yeah, I, like, honestly can't think of anything that would be thematic. But what I was gonna say was, like, dream sequences! Like, no, that's a dumb one. <laughs> um, okay, yeah, so that was Raising Arizona. Um, as we said on the last episode, the June, July, and probably August too. Just Ashley and I are traveling a lot this summer, so our next episode, our next episode will be on the first of July. Um, and we're doing Mad Max, yeah, yeah. So there will be two episodes in July on the first of the month. Um, because we both recently saw Mad Max Fury Road, and we keep talking about Mad Max Fury Road. <laughs> But have not seen any of the original Mad Max movies. We are going to watch the first two, and then just spend an episode just talking about Mad Max in general. And we're going to watch the first two because we should see the first one because it's the first one. But then Ashley has heard that the second one is the better one. But I kind of want to watch the third one because Tina Turner's in that. Okay, you know what? Maybe we'll like we'll probably watch all these separately. Come back on the first, and we will, like, it is yet undecided which Mad Max movies we will be talking about on the first, but it is just going to be our collective Mad Max episode. I like this idea a lot, actually. Doing all three and then breaking it into two parts? No, one episode, where we just talk about Mad Max in general. Okay. Yeah. I think it's doable. It may be a little bit of a longer episode, but I think it's doable. Um, yeah, so come back on the first, and we will be watching Mad Max. Yeah, I just say as a blanket term, Mad Max. It'll kind of be like when we did our Star Wars episode, just in general about Star Wars, but just talk. I mean, because like Star Wars was such a bigger thing to talk about what you knew going into it, and in general, it'll kind of be us just talking about Mad Max in general. Yeah, yeah. Um, Okay, so uh, that was um, our podcast. You can check us out on Twitter at YHS underscore podcast. Mm -hmm. You can check us out on Tumblr at you haven't seen dash podcast.tumblr.com. Um, you, we also have a Facebook page. We have a Facebook page. page. Oh, yeah. It's, oh gosh. And because Facebook, fun fact, does not let you put a question mark and an exclamation point one after the other. Um, so I had to improvise. Sorry, hold on. Let me get the title of it. Um, we are on Facebook as You Haven't Seen Podcast with no punctuation marks because it was making me angry that I couldn't do our proper punctuation marks. So I was just like, we're not going to do any. Um, yes, we are on Facebook now. So give us a like. Yeah, check us out there. You can also suggest movies on the Facebook page. Um, you can also email us. And as always, please be sure to rate and review us on iTunes. It's not too hard. Just click that five-star button. Yeah. Yeah. All five. All five. If you want to do four, we'll take it. Any lower, we'll have to talk. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so we'll see you on July 1st. 
with some Mad Max. With Mad Max. <laughs> Woo!